Hello and welcome to the Sparkle Hour, a fun and feisty podcast for empowered women and woke menfolk. Join us as we pull back the veil to reveal how we are taking control of our life stories and creating a movement of positive change. I'm Michelle Lewis. And I'm Nicole Lewis-Kieber. And if you're ready to feel, laugh, and heal, this podcast is for you. Yay. Hey. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, how are you today? Despite our dreary, rainy weather and the fact that my face has taken, like, has gone ninja on me, I feel really good today. What's going on with your face? I think that, I think I'm purging stuff through my face. (laughs) I really do. That makes tremendous sense because I know you've been going through a very, very important process over the last couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and you had a a very important release of that yesterday and your skin being your body's largest organ, it's going to release those toxins. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe. I mean, it's been a hugely energetically uplifting past two weeks on a lot of levels. So, you know, from launching my polka dot group to, formalizing some changes within my business, speaking about things differently, you know, writing and putting some things out there. I do feel like it's um, facial purge. Yeah. It's like, it's like a whole new layer of Nicole is, is, is emerging. It's really, I'll just say it, it's fucking cool. Thank you. You're like welcome. <laughs> and I wonder if we can share a little bit about what that process has been like and what you've been working through these past couple of weeks with our audience. Because personally, I think it's one of the most important keys to healing and growth that we can ever access. Yeah. So I've been in an ongoing process of learning forgiveness and, and healing wounds. I think we've talked about that a couple of times and that One of the processes that I have learned to use in the forgiveness healing world is using love letters. And it sounds very counterintuitive to write a love letter to someone who's harmed you or has been a real pillar in the wounding of your life. But what I, I, and there are some exceptions for this. Please don't, you know, write me and say, you want me to write a love letter to my offender? No, (laughs) no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, Unless you've had some help or support through that, I still think it's possible. So anyway, writing those love letters, because I believe in, I believe that there is no darkness without light and there's no light without darkness and that there is two sides or three or four to everything. And so for me, if I could find the good and the light in someone or something that's harmed me in some kind of way, that frees me, you know? And so that's a process I've been kind of going through. And I've, I've written them to myself, you know, written family members, friends, you know, bosses, whomever it is that sticks out in my mind when I still think about not being angry. <laughs> yeah. An angry person. And so, you know, as you heal, wounds close up, you know, and the next one, it, you go on to the next one and it has this ripple effect through your life and, 
it's interesting how it comes up because I can't help but talk about trauma as someone who's a trauma survivor and as someone who's worked with people around trauma. I see how trauma affects our lives in a lot of different ways. We've talked about money trauma. We've talked about people who traumatize themselves with their business, you know, which is a huge topic for me in the work I do. Yeah. And so healing and all those things are just this big little ball of like interesting energy for me right now. And so I'm starting to see things very differently. And so I was, I wrote a blog post about writing a love letter to my ex-husbands. And so that's kind of what you're alluding to because I posted it and it got a lot of very interesting feedback. People seem to resonate with it. So how that came about is a couple of weeks ago, I was in an event and a woman, of course, asked me, are you married? But I don't even know how we got onto it. It's the standard, you know, small talk, introductory chatter. I think where it always comes from is people will say, oh, you're from the South. How did you end up here? Well, you know, how I ended up in Philadelphia was my second husband, you know, and I ended up in Lancaster because I'm with Jason. He's my third husband. So I think it kind of came up like that. And the woman's initial response was like, oh, you know, like the rolling of the eyes and Mm -hmm. like immediate assumption that my exes were the bad guy or that they were, you know, they required some kind of disdain from her because they were my ex. And I thought, and it's so interesting what catches your attention at certain points when you've healed things, right? Yes. Yes. Things you would never even look at before. Well, I mean, oh God, I was completely invested in in the narrative and the story that they were assholes and that it was all their fault, you know, and that. Yeah. And for a reason, you know, (laughs) and it occurred to me in that moment, I thought she doesn't even know them. She knows nothing about them. And she's assuming that it was all their fault. She's assuming that because they're an ex, they are automatically wrong, bad, needing some kind of judgment. Right. That comes from, you know, she's meeting with you. So she's wanting to get on team Nicole, you know, and just create that rapport there. So you know, it's, it's human nature to want to connect with you and, you know, agree on this point, but without having that background knowledge, this is what like totally clicked something for you, which is so fascinating. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and, and, I did, obviously didn't say, I was like, oh yeah, they were blah, you know, they're <laughs> for a reason. Like I got back into the old narrative. Yeah. They're exes for a reason. Yeah. But then, you know, my quiet moment, I was thinking, you know what? It was so unfair to automatically assume that they need to be spoken to and of negatively by people don't even know them just because they're my ex. It's, mm-hmm. They're more than that. And it's more than that. And I'm as just, I'm as culpable, you know, in the marriage working or not working. And so it just brought up all this, these thoughts for me. And I, I thought, you know what, I don't want to do it this way anymore. Yay. That is what it came down to. I don't want to, say my ex, roll my eyes and me and do that, that dance. I just don't want to do that dance anymore. I don't want to, I want to do this differently because they deserve better. And so do I. Exactly. Because one of the things that you pointed out in your blog was that when people are talking to them, you are the ex. And why should they automatically assume that you're a horrible person and that you're just, you know, garbage by the wayside? Like, you don't need that negative energy coming at you from people who don't even damn well know you. No, I mean, who wants to be the receiver of that shit show? I don't. No, <laughs> no. I really don't. And so, you know, as I started to think about it and, you know, at the time I did leave for reasons because things were not working or because they were really bad. You know, they really were bad. Really, really bad. 
But I also, in the healing work that I've done around my own traumas, I know that in some way I actually, I picked them from my wounds, my wounds, my inner, my little tender inner wounded child picked them for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I created a story where they got to be the villain and I got to be the victim. And I put them in that situation and it, it mirrored their own wounds that I am responsible for playing my role in that, in that relationship. And it's not just them. And so I don't want to play that game anymore. I don't want to say, well, my ex-husband's an asshole. My ex-husband's an asshole. My ex-husband's also an amazing person. You know, my first husband was my high school sweetheart. And we have, I have some of the best, sweetest memories of my life with him. I also have some of the worst memories with him, but I don't want to focus on those things anymore because that makes him a villain and that creates me being a victim in the story at all times. And that's not what I want. Exactly. And I mean, how beautiful that you can take those tender moments on both sides of the spectrum, you know, and be able to honor the good things in that person, the good things in that relationship, the good things in you as a portion of that relationship, and the good things in those two men in particular for their roles in shaping your life, you know, and I love that you rewrite the story so that you're no longer the victim, you know, like what happened happened and you know it and you deal with it and you keep processing it and taking it to new levels of healing and beauty and wholeness, right? But who you are now is definitely a result of what you went through, right? Absolutely. You know, and the thing is, and to take it deeper than the blog is that, you know, my high school sweetheart, it was the first time I felt loved. It was the first time he is the first person who ever made me feel loved, seen, picked, you know, we're always talking about getting picked. Mm -hmm. And it was really good for a long time before it got really bad. And yeah, because we were both wounded. And so For me, you know, my little wounded self picked him, but I also got some amazing benefit from it too. So I just, in in the, you know, again, my second husband was 21 years older than me and I obviously had some daddy issues to work out. (laughs) And he did. Oh, don't we all? Yeah. And, you know, he did. He made me feel loved. He made me feel safe. He made me feel like a, you know, a a muse. You know, we had this whole like sense and sensibility, Brandon and Marianne thing going on. (laughs) Very romantic. Very romantic. Yeah. And for the first time in my life, I felt nurtured. Now, you know, a lot of shit happened, you know, in both of those marriages, but I really started, you know, to think, you know, I'm just as responsible for the good times as I am the bad times. I was not a perfect partner at all. I created opportunities for me to get them to let me down because that's what I was used to. And so I have to take responsibility for my part in both. And so for me to be able to write a love letter to someone who I wanted to get away from enough to leave them, (laughs) you know, and go through a brutal divorce both times, to be able to look back and write a love letter and to say thank you is very powerful, you know, to be able to do that. And I would hope they could do the same thing for me. I don't know that they're in that place. I have apologized to them both. And I have said, I'm sorry for my role. You know, I'm sorry for who I was in that relationship and how it impacted you and that you were in pain because I hurt, we, we hurt each other. We both we hurt each other very badly. So I've apologized for my role. I don't know if they're willing or ready to write me a love letter yet, <laughs> but perhaps that could happen. I don't really know, but I just choose to think of them with love and hope that they have 
love, health, and happiness in their lives now too. So, because we don't really talk to each other. Right. And can I ask, how long has it been since you have had, you know, like visible, like face-to-face or phone-to-phone contact with either of them? Yeah. So my first husband, again, was my high school sweetheart. He Mm -hmm. was in the Air Force and me, I, I don't know, we... We were married for actually a very short amount of time. And the funny thing is, it's like, you got to love Southerners in, us ba- in our boundaries. You know, when I, <laughs> when I moved away to Pennsylvania, he moved in with my sister. So not like in a romantic way, but, you know, they just kind of took him in. So every time I came home to visit, of course, there's my ex There he is. Your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, so that's a whole other story. But anyway, oh <laughs> so I would say probably it's been probably... God, it's been at least 15 years since I have seen him. And I think it's probably been close to five years that we've actually talked on the phone. And with that, I mean, look how much you've grown personally, you know, just as a human, as a woman, as a healer, as a, as a therapist, as everything in that span of time to where you could get to the point where you could write a love letter to your ex mm-hmm. and where you could find, you know, forgiveness for yourself and forgiveness for that person, like in that span of time. So you would hope that on the other side of the equation, they've been able to do some work in that span of time as well. And whether it's to the to the level where you're at or less than or beyond, who knows, you sending love to them is in some magical way, energetically providing them that space to take that opportunity to heal. So yeah. that's that's a huge and beautiful thing. I mean, that's why people say that forgiveness is is not so much about forgiving the situation or the person that harmed you. It's releasing yourself also from that prison, you know? So as you're creating that space in yourself to heal and let yourself learn and grow from experiences that you put yourself into, you allowed yourself to be into unconsciously, subconsciously, whatever, just acting out patterns that you had known, you know, not like, oh, I'm, I'm going to see how I can get myself hurt today. You know, people don't wake up in the morning and, and say that. That's not, that's not how we work. We just kind of operate on this muscle memory, right? But you being able to, at this point in your life, look at that and say, oh, shit, I see what happened. I forgive myself for this. Mm-hmm. I take responsibility for what, for what I did, for my role in this, consciously or unconsciously, whatever. That's beside the point. The fact is you were there, (laughs) right? So you being able to forgive yourself and forgive that person is so huge. That's, that is empowerment in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there are factors that make this unique. You know, we don't have children. Uh My husband did have three children and one actually has passed away. I'm sorry. From a drug overdose. And Uh so challenging, you know, experiences, But I I do know that because we don't have children, it's probably a little bit easier for me to get there, maybe, because this person is not still impacting my kid in some kind of way. You know, I'm I'm sensitive to the idea that this is my story, Mm -hmm. my journey, and that it may not feel right to someone else or it may be harder for them, you know, to be able to find some of that love and forgiveness for someone who is still actively playing a role in their lives and not in a positive way. I get that, you know. Yeah. And so I don't want anyone to feel guilty or to feel, you know, less than because they're not at that place. I do think there's always an opportunity for forgiveness. And 
the less bag, energetic daggers we can send to someone, the better because yeah. it creates an opportunity for love and an elevated energy. But I think that's always the case. But I just wanted to, when I was, after I put the blog post out there, I was like, oh, there's a lot of women out there who's probably reading me saying, that bitch doesn't have kids. She doesn't know what it's like to still have the father of their, you know, kid being mean to their kid. You know, I get it. I understand. So I just wanted to put that out there and say that, you know, everybody's journey is different, but there's always an opportunity for a different perception. And so for me, my automatic perception that you have an ex or that you have an ex, I'm not going to jump on the ex hater bandwagon until I have a really, really good reason to do it. (laughs) You know, so if I can just change that one thing to someone to say, you know what, I was in this marriage. I picked this person. I participated. If they can just shift that needle one little tiny point towards self-forgiveness and and understanding that perception that we don't automatically have to think X equals bad. To me, that would be fabulous. It'd be fabulous. This perception is huge. It is. And then that creates a whole other storyline that you can jump into and for good or for bad, you know. All right. So I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. So with the love letters, because I I have a similar practice for people who have hurt you in the past and things like that. Do you do it as just one draft? Do you edit it to where it's perfection? Like how, what's, what does your writing process look a little bit like? And then the follow-up to that is, do you always send that letter out or do you do something else with it? I have not sent those letters out. I've considered sending those out to family members that I'm still, you know, involved with. Still perceive that we are in conflict with each other when we're not. <laughs> I thought about it <laughs> and perhaps I will. So my process for writing the letter is free writing. And I do have, there's two bits of structure about it in that. I write, I start out by writing all the things I think that are fabulous about them as a human being that have nothing to do with me. And that can be three things on your list. It can be a hundred things on your list and anywhere in between, whatever. You as a human being on this planet, what makes you special? What, you know, I think is great about you. You just, your talents, your gifts, whomever they are first and foremost before it has anything to do with me. That's good Um, because there can be some pretty shitty exes and you can be so focused on all just the horrible things that happened and took place that it can be that first step could be enough for some person to just find one good thing about that human. And it may just be, they write really, they, they're really good at playing the guitar or once they were, you know, once I saw them, you know, write a poem and it was made, like it could be just something that has nothing to do with us. Everyone has value. We are all the universe, God, whomever we are divine in our core. Mm -hmm. And so there is something there, but we can find hopefully. Uh, so I start there because that's easier because it has nothing to do with me. Yep. And then I start writing gratitude towards that. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like all the good experiences, how you made me feel, you know, all of that, the thank yous come next. And then usually it ends with, you know, I, I forgive you. I forgive myself. I release, you know, I release all this negative energy, all these stories, all these cords. I just release them and send them out to the universe. And I will always endeavor to think of you with love from now on. I will probably be imperfect at that, but I endeavor to always think of you with love from now on. Oh, that is so, so good. It's so beautiful. I mean, just taking that just that whole process is a transformation. You know, it's, it's so uplifting in your spirit. It's so just, uh, it's whole, it's soul healing is what it is. Literally, you know, it's healing that hurt, broken part inside 
and finding that you have the power to do that and extend that to someone else, even if they never see it. Energetically, you're sending that to them and they're going to receive it in some way, some kind of way. They're going to feel that. They are going (laughs) to. They are going to. And also, if you take it deeper, what you're saying is to that little wounded kiddo who probably is the one that played some part in picking this person that they're off the hook too, you know, that you you forgive them and that they're okay. And I'm no longer mad at you for desiring someone who would be not nice to me or make me feel less than to make themselves feel better or to try and control me, you know, any of those things. I love and forgive that little part of me that needed that or wanted that or was drawn to that because, you know, I don't know about you, but I've lived part of my life in regret and anger against my decisions and choices. For sure. You know, and that's really just towards myself, you know, and it's towards that part of me that's just wounded and, you know, needed something. Exactly. Because... Let's be honest, five-year-old little Michelle or four-year-old little Nicole or seven-year-old Nicole, eight-year-old Michelle, they have no business being in an adult sexual relationship. They don't know what the hell they're trying to get themselves into. They just wanted some comfort. They just wanted to feel safe. They didn't really know what they were you know, picking and choosing. They were just going for the very surface level. I want to feel safe. I want to feel loved. I want to feel wanted. This person's offering that to me. I want this to feel familiar because when I see my friends' relationships with their parents or their parents' relationship with each other, they feel so foreign to me because they're, yeah. so, you know, because of the dynamics they have that don't look normal to me, you know. So I think that just the more forgiveness we can give ourselves for the choices we've made mm-hmm. uh, and how they've impacted us, and knowing that if you've had some kind of traumatic event or challenges or experiences in your past that led up to those patterns being recreated, that just God, let yourself off the hook and learn from it because you can change your perception about any perceived failure. And at any time of the day, you can do that. Absolutely. And you don't want to get yourself back down on a shame spiral. So giving yourself the opportunity for forgiveness and forgiving little you and grown up you <laughs> along the way, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. That's, that's building a bridge instead of falling down that gap. It is. And it takes you out of the recreation of your own trauma. It takes you out of the recreation of old patterns and mm-hmm. the getting yourself up and staying in an old story and, you know, following social norms is what it means to be an ex, have an ex, fail, you know, whatever. Yeah. You got to challenge those. We're in a new, we are in a new time right now where we get to challenge all, th- all things, everything, institutions, everything are being challenged right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't have to fall in with those labels anymore and we just don't have to do it and you know secretly what was very funny is one person who read that blog post and shared it was a high school friend of ours who actually is the one that set us up with each other my first husband wow and she was you know saying this and she married her high school sweetheart who was his best friend so to see her read that blog post and to know intimately the origins of my first husband and to see her reaction to it and to see her share it, knowing that she's still friends with him on Facebook. I'm not, but she is. So the, the likelihood that he could possibly read this, it's, it's all very interesting to me how it, it works in that way. And to have people who can see and witness something like that, that was there at the beginning is always to me very powerful because I have a lot of fans now. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, do. I have a lot of fans. I have a lot of friends now, but they don't know me back then. 
Yeah. They don't, they don't know me when I married him. They don't know me when I married, you know, my second husband and the friends that were there and have seen the, the lifespan and know the players and know all that is huge for me to see, have them witness that blog post for me. Yeah. That's, that is big. That is, oh my gosh humongous is what it is and for them to go right on that's even bigger and better you know so yeah. it's very, very healing so definitely I think it even extends healing to sort of like the the strings that tie us all together you know like you said she's someone that connected you to right so her knowing that it didn't work out in some kind of way may have had some feelings of guilt you know may have attached some feelings of you know sorrow to that and now being able to see all these years later oh there's healing there like oh maybe that's for me too maybe I can you know feel okay now maybe I can move forward I hope it opens the dialogue what it means to be an ex because there are a lot of people who personally go I'm been an ex yeah you know I don't want people to talk about me like this or another person posted a comment and said thank you for this I've been going through a really hard divorce and I really want to leave the toxicity and negativity behind me that's happening from this and so reading this helps me see that it's possible and that I have that that choice to let go of what it means to be an ex have an ex be divorced go through a divorce all that stuff so as for me, it's a big, it's a big thing. Oh man, I love it. I love it so much. I'm so stoked on us being able to talk about this and spread this to a larger audience. It's, mm-hmm. it's so important because it's true. Like you're always going to be someone's ex. <laughs> I have a whole string of exes, you know, and I could only imagine like rotten things that a person could have said about me during that time of my life. And that period of when like, I was just so so broken like I was just shattered and that's that's all I acted on is my pain you know and whoever was in the way they were going to get some of that damn shrapnel (laughs) you know and I don't want people to be who don't even know me who have no idea who I am now what I was before whatever I don't want them saying you know oh god she's such a whore you know (laughs) Oh, oh, she's such a this. She's, oh, she's crazy or whatever. Like, okay. Isn't that always the way? It's like my crazy ex. My or, crazy ex. Yeah. What, like, this is curiosity. Like, what kind of language, if, if we had the opportunity to wave a magic wand and just say, we are no longer going to use the word ex. Like what language could we use differently about people that we are no longer in relationships with? Wow. Dude, it just changed the language and the energy around it just to start with. Right. Because right now it's, it's just all so dismissive and so just, ugh, you know, it's, it's, it's like trash on the side of the road, you know, and that kind of energy is around it. But there was a point in time when you and that person were like this, you yeah. were inseparable and you were, you, you were bound heart and soul and body. You were, you were one, you know, so to suddenly dismiss that and only see the shitty parts of it and not look at anything that was beautiful within it before is such a disservice to yourself. It's a disservice to the uh, relationship that was, and it's a disservice to who that person and who you have become. It really really limits our ability to talk about our relationships in a more meaningful and deep way because that X is automatically dismissed, limited, and like you said, it's trash in your rear view mirror. And that Mm -hmm. is so not true. And it doesn't honor the commitment or the relationship 
relationship. It doesn't honor the impact it had. It doesn't honor the fact that we can hold the dark, you know, that dark and light together. Those concepts can be held. Yes, he can be my ex, but he's, he can also be a really good person at, together. And I don't think we allow each other to have those conversations because we love labels. We love black and white. You know, we love that. And we that depth of understanding, I think, is where we're heading to is being able to have both, you know, to allow for my girlfriend to have an ex and me not all of a sudden to start dumping on him, you know. <laughs> Of course, I want to defend her and we find ourselves picking sides and we get upset on their behalf. But having that nuance and being open to information and, and not putting that negativity out there, I think could be game changing. Absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of, if we're talking about having a magic wand and, and what it would look like, the imagery that comes to me is a stained glass window, like the picture of a stained glass window. It's not black and white. There are so many colors there and they may be jagged shards, but together they create something so beautiful. And when light's shining through it, another beautiful thing is created. So I think of all of my exes and all of those, you know, former relationships as a piece of the window, you know, they're just a piece of the window. And that relationship was beautiful in its time. It had beauty in it. It was imperfect for sure. That's the reason why it's not in, you know, it's still happening right now, but in its moment, in its time, it had purpose. It had meaning. It had depth. It had beauty. It had value. Probably the the most painful one for me, obviously, was the person who gave me a child. You know, I have another human in this world because of me and because of that relationship. And for all the bad that happened there and all the hurt and all the pain, there's a really beautiful, amazing human on this planet because of that. Mm -hmm. So I can't just treat it like shit. You know, I've forgiven this person and I've forgiven myself for my role in that relationship. (laughs) But he's more than an ex. He's the person that gave me my son. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. There's weight behind that. Mm. Yeah. You should write an article more than an ex. (laughs) You're the writer in the family. (laughs) Uh, You're a damn good writer too, girl. Mm-hmm. I think that, oh, we just change the language. I like that. Each other and how we label each other and how we limit each other and how we dismiss so much depth around us. You know, because he is more than an ex. He's, you know, your son's beautiful soul and he's here on this planet because of this person, you know. And what would we be like without that beautiful person here? So if there is, you can hold both ideas at the same time. And that's nuanced people. That's, that's yeah, <laughs> that is, that is, it's too easy to keep the labels and stay on the surface and, and always make someone else the bad guy. But there's, we're all interconnected. There's so much energetic interplay, you know, happening within every relationship that we have family, friends, the lovers that we choose, all of it, our colleagues, the person who's driving next to you so damn slow. (laughs) We're connected. We are all connected. We are so much more than just that surface image of one another. So why would we ever make it so limiting the way that we talk about our different relationships, you know, former, current, and future ones? They're all so beautiful. There's so much depth and nuance there. Yeah. I'm going to work really hard not to say my ex-husband anymore or ex-husband. <laughs> you can say my previous husband. <laughs> my previous husband, my former husband. 
Yeah, my former husband. People were such assholes to Gwyn- Gwyneth Paltrow when they did the whole conscious <sighs> uncoupling. I'm like, they're trying to be positive people. They're trying. <laughs> they're just trying, you know, and why why we want to jump on people for trying to make things better. It yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. So that's my challenge to myself is to change my language. Or Even though I've changed my heart, I want to change my language around who they are too and call them former or previous instead of ex and ex, you know? Yeah. My ex. Yeah. <laughs> my ex. Yeah. It's just shorthand, you know, let's, let's give it the credit that it's due. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this. I think it takes just those two, those couple of things, perception, change of language and change of the energy that we send to something can be a big, big thing. Absolutely. So when I do my love letters and my forgiveness letters, there are some that I have mailed out to a response to no response. And, and that's okay. You know, I started doing this when I was in high school, sending these letters and whatnot. But in later years, I, I changed the practice a bit to not always mail out the letter, but to do kind of a, a, a ritual with it. One of them is the water ritual and the other is the fire ritual, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And with the water ritual, I have, I have my yeah, bowl of water. And it's clean, it's pure water, whatever. And like, I'll say a prayer or a blessing over it. And then I put the letter into the center of the bowl and I just let it dissolve. And I I just sit there and pray over it, meditate, cry, all the feels, let all of it out as that thing is dissolving. And that's symbolically releasing it, right? And similar with the fire ritual, and that one I've only used for people that I've been really pissed at, (laughs) really pissed, because that's a very different energy, the fire energy, and it's taking it and setting it on top of the fire and just watching it burn. And you can feel a different energy behind it. You know, I'm still angry a little bit at this person. I'm so angry at this situation. I'm so angry at my role in it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I have to do the letter more than once, depending on, you know, what kind of forgiveness I'm trying to achieve, what kind of forgiveness I'm trying to offer. So I have actually done that same letter for multiple people with multiple endings to it. <laughs> I've even done the one where you rip it to shreds, you know, like just so much anger in there, but it is a release. And sometimes you have to take those steps till you can get to like the water release. The water release for me is kind of like the ultimate in my mind. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And you know, when I think about it, I have written, I've written these people letters before that mm-hmm. have you know, where I expressed my emotion and my anger, you know, and I don't necessarily send, I haven't sent them to all of them, but I did release the information from me and wrote it down on paper and I did burn it. because It's you know, helpful. Yeah. And I think those letters came, I get, I don't know that my love letter could have happened if I hadn't done some of that work ahead of time to say, I'm not going to minimize what happened. I'm not going to stay silent. I'm not going to, you know, urge this reality that was mine for these years. Yep. And then, you know, burn it and release it. 
So yes, I have done some of those. And I've also, the one, the love letters I've been writing, they're still in a notebook though. They're also sitting there. So interesting. They don't feel like they need to leave me yet. So that's, what's very interesting about it. But I feel like that when I am ready to release them, I probably will. We have a lot of streams here in Lancaster County, a lot of creek. Mm -hmm. I feel like it'll probably go down a creek somewhere, you know, like it'll just get released that way where it just kind of floats away. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm not there yet because there's still a few love letters to write. But yeah, it's it's interesting how we use that, you know, Mm -hmm. and and how there are different stages of, I don't want anyone to not feel expressed, be angry. You know, our emotions are ours and we're entitled to them. So I don't want anyone to jump to to this without feeling that they got to really purge that emotion first, you know. Exactly. I mean, when people hear about my relationship with my son's father and what that all involved and, and the, all the stuff that went along that, they're like, how could you ever forgive that person? I'm like, I have to forgive that person because I want out of that prison. I want out of that damn prison. So I have to forgive that person because it is a process. You know, it's not like, okay, you're forgiven, instantly absolved. No, like there's layers and there's levels in there. There's my role, there's his role. There's all of it. So I want out of that pain. I have to forgive that person. And, you know, I've been forgiving him for years now, for years, as I find and peel away different layers of my own bullshit. I'm like, oh, (laughs) there you have it. There you have it. Bullshit. It's just layers of bullshit. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if we don't get real with our own shit, we don't get real with that own process and understand and honor the fact that healing takes layers. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just going to judge yourself and not get that, not go through that process. Because when you think of just about healing a wound, like a literal wound, it doesn't, it doesn't heal that way. It heals from the inside out. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on. It heals in layers. Then you have a scar and Mm -hmm. eventually, you know, it just healing is a process. Yeah. It requires tools. It requires techniques. It requires love. It requires support. It requires attention. Care. you care and it requires you giving yourself the opportunity to do it in a way that's going to be meaningful, you know, because if I cut my hand open right now, it probably would heal, you know, with some help, but I can go to the doctor and I can have it sutured up and they can, you know, watch it and take care of it. And it's going to be barely noticeable. And if I just leave it to heal alone and be ragged and have this big nasty scar on my hand, you know, so we have a choice in how we heal too. So I don't know about you. I'm tired of healing the old raggedy jaggedy way. Yeah, definitely. It, it hasn't worked so well. <laughs> it hasn't worked so well at all. So mm. let's, let's be as clean about it as possible, you know, with giving ourselves permission to be raw, with giving ourselves permission to forgive, you know, and with giving ourselves permission to put the proper care and time and space into healing the parts that hurt so deeply. Yeah. Let's do it the way that's going to be most beneficial mm-hmm. and have a greater success. Absolutely. Yes, please. Yes, please. (laughs) I like it. Well, thank you so much for talking about this. This is such an important topic and it's so valuable. And I know that our listeners are sitting there nodding their heads in agreement like, yes, yes, yes. You are speaking truth to me right now. Oh my goodness. Thank you for shedding a little bit of light on something that I have been ignoring. And if you are saying to yourself, who does she think she is? Or, which, you know, everybody's going to have a different reaction. Wherever they're at. Saying, I'm not ready and I need help. 
with this. We are both here for you. Yeah. The work we do in the world. Yeah. We're here. So if you say, I'm, I, that sounds really good, but I'm not ready or I don't know how, please, please reach out to us because this is what we do. Yeah. And I understand like looking at something that's painful can be scary, right? We, we get that. <laughs> We know scary. <laughs> We've looked scary in the face and we'll help you look your scary in the face too. Yeah. So reach out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love you. You're so wonderful. So are you. <laughs> it's true. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. And again, if you ever have any questions or comments, please reach out to us. You can catch us on our Facebook page, The Sparkle Hour. And we love, love, love it when you visit our website, www.thesparklehour.com. You can find out links and resources to any of the things that we talk about here today. You can catch up on all of our past episodes there. And if you haven't subscribed yet on iTunes, go ahead and do that so you don't miss a single episode. Oh, yeah. Don't want to miss this cool stuff, right? Gosh, no. No. I wish I had heard us years ago. Oh, me too. (laughs) But I'm so glad we're here now. Yes, me too. (laughs) Good stuff, you guys. All right. Thank you so much. And we'll see you again next time on the Sparkle Hour. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sparkle Hour. Today's episode was brought to you by Nicole Lewis Keeper Coaching and the Blessings Butterfly. To learn more about the topics discussed today, please visit our website at www.thesparklehour.com. And remember, when in doubt, sparkle that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs>